Hey, husband. Yes, wife. Why can't dinosaurs clap? Why? Because they're dead. Wow! Hey everyone, and welcome back to Random Thoughts. I'm husband. And I'm wife. And we're here to talk to you again about the WoW TCG, and maybe some other stuff along the way, because uh, I have to get this off my chest, wife. I'm a little upset. Why are you upset, husband? I'm a little upset because Toys R Us is closing. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I I don't want to grow up, because maybe if I did, I wouldn't be a Toys R Us kid. You didn't have to say the jingle? I did. No, you didn't. I did. I really did. Oh, my God. So, we're in the Random Thoughts recording studio, a.k.a. our basement. Yes. And uh, as I look around the room, there's a lot of stuff here that I've bought at Toys R Us over the years. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 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 We had a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've mentioned it before. I collect Transformers and other toys and stuff, so I have a whole bunch of plastic things that I've had I've accumulated over the years, and it's... It's kind of an end of an end of the era. Yeah, yeah there's it really, really is. It's kind of it, it's upsetting. It's sort of like when the TCG died. It's like this was a major part of my life, and it's gonna be gone. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is really sad. I'm I'm still waiting for the JK. The, it's well, they, not gonna happen, but I th- I'm still waiting for the just kidding. They did that a few months ago, where they had yeah. uh, there was rumors that things were going under, and then it kind of went radio silent on that front and then now it's it's all pretty much much the writing is on the wall it's gonna happen so it's sad i mean yeah there there are other toy stores they will exist after this but it no massive ones though there's not gonna be one that takes up like half a city block anymore well i wonder if the one in new york is still gonna exist afterwards turn back into an fao schwartz well that's i don't know i don't know but it'd be awesome if it did well, silver linings, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, to segue out of that, we'll, we're not really segue. We do have a bunch of news things to go over to get back to WoW. Yeah, I feel like there's so much going on all of a sudden. Like, yeah. It's like everybody woke up and like, oh my god, Gen Con. Yeah, so, well, speaking of waking up, we we mentioned before that there are a number of new players showing up in the WoW TCG Discord. And also on the Facebook group and on the subreddit and kind of all these various social media locations. So if you are in one of those, check out the other ones because you're going to find more kindred spirits. Because at this point, it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of people, you know, people seem siloed. Like if you're in the Facebook group, you're in the Facebook group. If you're in the Discord, you're in the Discord. If you're in the subreddit, you're in the subreddit, but you don't... There doesn't seem to be a lot of crossover between them. Yeah, so hopefully we can get a little bit more crossover. Like, we see some of the same faces between Reddit and Facebook and Discord, but we'd love to see all the same faces everywhere. Yeah, especially because as of today, this recording, I actually saw a whole bunch of people that I recognize, well, forum names at least, from the old Cryptozoic forums showing up in the Discord, which is really cool. So... If you guys are out there listening, definitely check out the Facebook group and the subreddit. And, well, there were, there was a lot of cool discussion already going on, and it's fun because you got new people coming in, experiencing things for the first time. You got 
the old guard coming back and re-experiencing things. So exciting. Yeah, it, it's fun to think about that sort of stuff. And it, it's as exciting bringing those people back in, bringing new people in, as it is playing the game. Yeah, I would like the fact that we can have conversations with people that aren't just us is really exciting. Exactly. So speaking of other new stuff, so we wanted to give a shout out to Bradifer. That I think that's how you say his name. Sure. Uh, it's one of the guys that's on both the subreddit and on the Discord, and I think he just recently showed up in the Facebook group. Because he's actually creating YouTube videos, which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's really exciting. Um He's doing a really great job with his YouTube videos. Most of them seem to be based off of Tabletop Simulator, which I'm learning. You guys will be so <laughs> proud of me. I am learning how to use Tabletop Simulator. Yeah, so those, those guys run periodic raids. They do run, air quotes, regular games, so PvP games, one-on-one, whatever you want to call it. Uh, but he did a number of videos that are both deck techs, as just like we've done on the show before, as well as some gameplay videos of playing the game and he also seems to be the expert or one of the experts on tabletop simulator so if you have any questions definitely look for him on the subreddit or look for him in the discord uh wanted to give him a shout out because it's cool to see other people producing content for the game yeah it really is and um so check him out and husband what do we have coming up ourselves on the video front well as you may or may not know, we brought, did we bring it up last episode? I think so. So we did create a Gruff video, which is a, a tactical card game produced by Studio Woe, but we actually just wrapped up the recording of our own gameplay videos. So a few people were asking about Vorix. We decided to kind of put it through its paces a bit for mm. a few games, and we're going to try and add on. So we're doing our own editing and all that kind of stuff, so it's a little slow going. Yeah, it's we um like like we've said before, we have real life too. So uh between the podcast, the articles, now we're going to try the videos. So they'll be up soonish. We're going to say soonish. <laughs> it more like blizzard soon TM <laughs> sort of soon. Yeah. Let's put it that way. But um so look out for those on YouTube. Yeah, we'll definitely let everybody know once that's coming, because we do want to try and expand into that realm, just because it seems fun. Yeah, and we have cool playmats to play it on. Exactly. It makes it even more fun. Yeah, so we're definitely going to try and expand that, do that as frequently as possible, but the video editing piece is significantly more effort-intensive than the audio editing, or maybe it's just because we're used to this by now. Yeah. We've done it a few times. So eventually, maybe I'll get it as quickly as the sound editing, but don't hold your breath, because it'll be a while. So that's just some of the new and upcoming stuff from us, a little bit about some of the other things that are going on. One other note that'll kind of segue us into our major topic today is that if you check out the RetroWow Facebook group, there were some updates at the beginning of the month to the Monk set. Yes, there were, which... um, Changed a lot of things and um, dealt with some of our fears, but still got us excited for what's up and coming. Exactly. So one of the the things that wife is alluding to is there was a change to Chiba of the New Moon or Chiba of the New, new Sun? Morn. New Morning? Something. I, so. I forget. I always just called him Chiba because yeah. it was easier. So he was a four-cost Hosen ally that 
his ability was you could remove a monk from the game. Well, any monk. That includes your hero. So effectively, he was a four-cost master hero yeah, who cause... won by decking you because then you, you can't be dealt damage, you can't get targeted, or you could still target. There were but. There are a bunch of obscure or more obscure rules surrounding what happens when you don't have a hero in play. Yes. But he was ultimately changed, and now he can only remove monk allies. So it kind of takes that whole deck out of there. Yeah, it takes it takes um, a what could probably be a boring game to play against. Yeah. Um, well, that was the reason it was stated. It wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't that the deck was overpowered, and we in our testing we did see that it was really strong. Yeah, it was strong, but there were answers. But the problem is, is that it kind of to us seemed like it was going to fall into the bunnies category, where yeah. like yes, you can beat it, but it's super binary. It's like either you a hundred percent of the time beat it, or you a hundred percent of the time lose to it. Yeah, and, and there wasn't too much in between. But now I'm really excited. Um, we haven't had. Too much of a chance to play it since it's been uh, eroded, but hopefully uh, we get a little bit more time to see how it works out removing monk allies. Yeah, well, we do also have a bunch of ideas for the actual monk, monk class as a whole. I still think, uh, whatever, now the name is escaping me, the three cost ongoing to let you recur stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, life cycles. Life cycles looks like it's going to be super strong, so that's something we we got to dive into more testing with. But bottom line is that we were... It seemed like other people had noticed the same thing, that maybe the play pattern, because that's exactly what it was, the negative play pattern was what was stated in the errata. So it's good that that's gone because it actually enables the class we're going to talk about today to yes, take a bigger chunk, potentially, of the Tier 1 meta. Yes, so... We had some wonderful people reach out to us on Facebook and Reddit and the like, um, and po- I think an email too, actually, if I remember correctly. Well, that was about the Paladin oh, okay. stuff. But um, people are, they're dying for one particular group, husband. They're, they're dying for one particular group. Like, if you only get one bad joke an episode, like, let, on. let's reel it back in. I, let's calm I down. I at least four bad jokes. You you've de- you asked you have you only get one so you just used up your next three. Uh. <laughs> so we are going to talk about death knights now. Usually when we do deck deconstructions, deck recons, deck techs, whatever you want to call it, we kind of go card by card and explain everything. But I think this one's going to be a little different. We wanted to try and cover the class as a whole, and it's a new experiment that we may go down the line with the rest of the classes and kind of talk about all the different things the class can do. And where we see certain builds going, that sort of thing. And maybe some of the staples of exactly. both sides. So this particular class, I, <laughs> I guess I struck a nerve with people because I said I personally rank it as the weakest plate class. Yeah, now, you made people angry. Now, I love Death Knights. Now, the, the problem that I personally have with them at the moment... Especially, now, this was also in light of what we thought Chiba was going to be. So keep that in mind. Our rule of thumb is you got to be able to handle werewolves, Tyrus, and Wondervolt. Well, now Chiba came in, and now Death Knights basically could not interact with two of the four, air quotes, best decks. One of those four, it was like 60-40 
really 40-60, the 60 was in favor of Tyrus, and then it just beat the snot out of werewolves. Yeah. For the most part. Yeah, it did. So, in general, we weren't very happy with it, because, like we've talked about before, going into Gen Con 2017, when Wondervolt came off the ban list, we're like, okay, well, how many people are really going to play this deck? Yeah, let's let's pause, though, with that we. I think um, that... I have a, a slight affinity for the Death Knights, but I think that comes with what we'll talk about later. But yes, Wondervolt was something we were worried about. And having it not be able to not be able to do too much with Wondervolt made yeah. it pretty Well it it basically came daunting. Yeah. Death Knights Okay, yes. Death Knights can technically destroy abilities. They have access to cards that will allow them to destroy an ongoing ability. But the class inherently, that's one of their weak points. Mm -hmm. And that's a general class balance thing. The idea is that not every class can do everything. Now, I have a lot of viewpoints on that, on why I think that shouldn't be the case. I think there are plenty of ways to make all of the classes be able to do everything and still maintain the class flavor. So, you know, Warlock's typical thing is they pay life to do stuff. Or maybe Death Knights have to have an ally die in order to enable something else happening, or whatever. Mm -hmm. But the point is is that currently, Death Knights, one of their blind spots is ongoing abilities. Especially if you needed to deal with it at instant speed. Yeah, because I think most of them can deal with them in a turn or two. Maybe. Um, But... The issue with Wonderful is you need to deal with it the second it comes out or you're done. Right, or preemptively. And in this case, so we're going to get into it, but Vuzdin is one of the key components of a lot of Horde Death Knights. Problem is, is the Wonderful deck is running spell suppression. It's running rituals of power. It's just going to turn him off. Yeah. Or remove him with a regular removal spell. In which case okay, you, you're just dead on the spot. And Death Knights generally, while they can dish out damage, they're not typically closing the game out by, like, turn four. It's turn six plus. Yeah, he does... They take they take some time. Um, we've been playing Death Knights a lot in the past couple days, and they do take some time. It's the slow, inexorable march of death, wife. I only get one bad joke. How's that a joke? Well, it's not really a joke. <laughs> it's not, there's no punchline to that. Isn't it? Isn't death always the ultimate punchline? Okay, now that's a bad joke. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> anyway, so really what we our concern was, again, in the past tense, that Death Knights have a difficult time dealing with Wondervolt. They weren't great, although it was a winnable matchup against Tyrus. And then Sheba was coming in theoretically. That being said, now that Sheba is no longer a factor, we can definitely look at Death Knights and say, okay, well, maybe our fears with Wondervolt, because it turned out only one person played it last year. Yeah. So now we're saying that everyone's going to play Wondervolt. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to get All 30. Wondervolts. 32 people will show up. We'll be two of them. The other 30 will be Wondervolt. God, I hope not. That would be awful. That would, like, that would be boring. Oh, God. So if Wondervolt is not a major component of the meta, Death Knights definitely have a place. And my opinion of them, my ranking of them, definitely rises with that. The issue is if, if Wondervolt becomes a major component, or 
a number of other decks that kind of attack on an axis that Death Knights can't really address or may not address efficiently. So, yes, you could deal with equipment, let's say, because we're going to get to that later. But if you give up game one because you're geared against the field in general, now you're fighting from the back foot to try and get back into the match. Yeah, and it, possibly on something that you can deal with, but you still got to get lucky enough to be able to deal with it. And that's one of the weaknesses we're going to get to when we dive into this. So that's enough high-level stuff. Let, let's get into more details, wife. So, husband, I think we should start with some of those cards that we're going to see in most Death Knights. Now, when we say most Death Knights, this is just, again, our opinion of it. Yeah. So we found that these are really effective and that they, since they're so cost-efficient in what they do, they're probably going to be there unless you're doing, and this kind of goes for all of our, our deck or class evaluations of... If you're doing the super weird linear thing that's out there, of course your build is going to be different. Yeah. This is, okay, we're generally looking at, when most people, I think, think of a Death Knight deck, you're talking a mid-range to control build that is going to try and murder every ally on the opposing side Pretty and much. then swarm with undead or you abuse some graveyard abilities or interactions and then overrun your opponent, but you're not winning the game between turns one and four, barring something crazy. And you'll probably end up giving up the game to greedier control decks that go even longer than Death Knights do. Yeah. Possibly. But anyway, go ahead, wife. Where do you want to start? I want to start with one of my favorite Death Knight cards because in, like, a really kind of terrifying way, he's adorable. I want to talk with the, about the Death Charger. <laughs> okay. Um, he's the Death Knight mount. He's a pony with glowing eyes and nose, and um, I love him. Wait, time out. What was that comic strip that you like? Looking for group was it? Yes. Where uh, the undead Poor world pony. Okay, if you guys haven't read Looking for Group, we haven't read it in a long time, so no. I don't know if the comics any good anymore. But they used to have not a joke character, but he was following a party of horde characters. And one of them was an undead warlock named Richard. And Richard likes to have his war cry. And his war cry is, For Pony! Yeah, every, everyone else in the party is yelling, For Hazaroth! For the Horde! And he goes, For Pony! And it's just like, oh man. Yep. <laughs> anyway. And um, I, I identify with that now. Um, and I love this two-cost Death Knight mount. Um, you pay one less to complete quests. Usual mount deal. Yep. But when you place a resource face up, target opposing hero or ally gets minus three health this turn. Let me tell you how useful that can be when you're playing people that have, like, early cost, low low health guys. Even, it's really nice. Even aside from early game, you could actually end a game with it. If your yeah. opponent's within three damage of ending the game, you play a quest and just kill them with it. Which is so much fun. And you can't, like, you can't interrupt playing a quest in, in your... Well, you could respond to it, but yeah, you yeah. can't interrupt the quest itself. Yes. Yes. So, so, it's so much fun. Death or Death Charger is one of the linchpin cards in Death Knights. So, like we said, you're probably going to see this in every Death Knight. It does a bunch of other subtle things, too. So, okay. Obviously, the continual removal is clearly good. Yeah. I mean, that is kind of self-explanatory. One of the more subtle things, which I guess it isn't really subtle, it's 
every mount has it making well not every mount but all the good mounts <laughs> have make your quest cost less yeah so one of the the other blind spots or weaknesses of death knights is they don't really have good ways to draw cards but so you lean on your quests that are now cheaper because of the death charger and you're running here to there completing all these quests to keep your hand full wet and if you draw into more quests you're not only drawing cards but you're maintaining or gaining board position yeah and it's just awesome and then because he's an ally you have your ultimate way of drawing drawing more cards that card that I still remember when it was out and everybody was losing their mind because they didn't think it was going to be that great. And then, oh my God, it was Tuscar Kite. Yes. Tuscar Kite is another linchpin for Death Knights because we just said they, they don't, don't really draw cards. Much. Yeah. So they now don't. every ally you play has draw a card tacked onto it. And if you play the Death Charger, he's an ally. He can't attack, so you might as well draw a card. Exactly. I mean, obvious, that's like the obvious thing for mounts, but it's like really fun once it happens and right. you get that going on and they can't attack your mountain. It mm -hmm. makes it even better. So, t Kite is really important for all the obvious reasons, but it also is relevant in deck construction because of allies, af or excuse me, Death Knight's aforementioned inability, or most in mostly inability, to deal with ongoing abilities. So, typically a Horde deck, for example, would say run Chromarius Blackfist. If you, if your opponent has more ongoings than you when he comes into play, you get to destroy one. Problem is, is if you already have a kite out, they have to have two or more for you to be able to activate him. Yeah. So it makes things more complicated, and you... One of the things I found with playing Death Knights is people on the outside looking in may think it's a simple class. It's like, oh, well, I play good cards, I kill their cards, I play more good cards. You know, like, it. it's... I, the, the play is obvious, allegedly, but really sequencing your quest to ensure that you get Death Charger triggers, to ensure that you're hitting allies in an efficient time to make sure that you're continually refilling with Kite or your quests is really important because some of your things that we're going to get to, say, Army of the Dead or Despair of Winter or whatever, could take an entire turn of, and you end up taking a turn off effectively yeah. so you need to make sure that you're hitting windows appropriately and sequencing your plays turn after turn so aside from the kite and death charger what else is showing up everywhere wife well we have the wonderful extract of necromantic power now that isn't something that typically show or i don't think it got a lot of limelight so it, what explain to everybody why we care about this so it's a one cost and when you're a trinket so you could have more than one you can have two. Um, you can prevent the next three non-melee damage that would be dealt to your hero this turn. At the start of your turn, that triggers. Yes. So, couple quick notes. One, it's not the first. It's next. The next, yes. So what happens is that will spread out across the turn. So if your opponent does three one-damage packets to you, it'll soak it all. As opposed to if it said the first and they dealt one shadow damage to you it would absorb all three prevention, and then the other two would go through. Yeah. And it's on both turns, so that means you can face-check things on your turn. Yeah, and it makes it really... Not, like, there are so many 
allies that don't do melee damage. Like yeah. I would I would go as far as to say the majority of the allies that people play don't do melee damage. At this point, that may actually be true because so this is a warlock death knight trinket. The warlock side says prevent melee. The death knight side says prevent non-melee. Well, guess what? Ranged is non-melee. Yeah. Which is it's something that yes, Obviously, it's not melee, but at the same time, usually, at least in my head, I break it down physical, magical. Yeah. So it's like, oh, well, it prevents physical, so it's got to prevent range. No, it, no. It, the other side does. It just prevents people getting up in your face. So it'll prevent holy. It'll prevent yeah. shadow. It'll prevent fire. It'll prevent nature. It'll prevent range. It'll, it, like, the, it is probably the majority of stuff. It'll prevent say, McHale hits. Yeah. It'll prevent damage from Death Veer. It'll prevent damage from Basel. And it comes back every turn. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's so nice. So, and then you can stack it. Oh, that's even better. So <laughs> like, here, if you are lucky enough to draw two, and they only cost one. So you can sneak it in on turn one. It's a great turn one play. It So, say, Promises of Power or cards along those lines, where it's like, do darkness. some damn promise, or Promises of Darkness. It says, it costs one, deal one shadow damage for every damage dealt, draw, draw a card. card. But wait. It got prevented, so you don't get to draw anything. Yeah. Um, and then it also prevents Broderick. At least before. Before he's dead. Yeah. It prevents initial Broderick. So, like, you're playing at turn one. Chances are your opponent might have a turn one Broderick, but doesn't matter. So we're going to get more into this card later. But one of the other things that it encourages is your opponent either has to remove it, obviously, or, you know, turn it off with, say, Miniature Voodoo Mask or something, or they need to overload it. Yeah. They need to just uh, go with a huge amount of damage. Well, guess so what? That All the guys. That plays right into Army of the Dead and Despair of Winter. Yes. Or if even just Death Charger, just going, okay, I'm going to play a resource and kill that guy. I'm going to play a resource and kill that guy because you keep feeding me targets. It's, it's really useful. And when we get to other cards later that feed off uh, allies in the graveyard, you can see why that the fact that it pushes your opponent into a specific line of play is important. Yeah. So, aside from that one drop, give me something else, wife. Well, there's another one drop that we... Um, I... I, w I was playing the Death Knight a little bit uh, the past couple days, and I really... I like this card more every time we play it. Uh, Frozen Core... Yeah. Um, you attach it to target ally. Attached ally has minus two attack and minus two health, and it costs one. This is so... So good. Well, we've talked about it all the time, that you need turn one answers to two health allies, and it doesn't deal damage, so aberration doesn't help it. Yeah. Again, it doesn't deal damage, so Lady Bancroft still gets eaten by it. It's going to kill off virtually every aggressive horde ally from early in the game. Yeah. It deals with Jade Fire Satyrs, and he, again, being one cost, it just kind of slides right in there. Yeah, just it's and it's really useful. And then, um, like we had a turn where husband played Basel, and I already had the extract out, so okay, it didn't matter that he was trying to deal the damage with me. And then I was able to play Frozen Core on turn two, and just bye bye Basel. Yeah, bye bye. It was so nice. It's such a clean, effective answer, and even if it doesn't straight up kill off the ally that it gets played on, because it decreases their attack, now you can face check something more effectively or more yeah. safely. 
you could play it on there and then just run into it with one of your guys. Or if it only, say they have Blood Soul. Okay, you're a 2-3. Now you're a 0-1. Okay, yeah. All right, you're now casting Lesson of the Nether. That's all you're doing. (laughs) Which actually, again, pushes your opponent to overload the board feeding into your sweepers. Yes. So let's let's talk about some of those sweepers. All right. So which one do you want to start with? Well, let's start with the one that not at least not everyone immediately thinks of with death. Okay, a lot of people think about it, but let's start with despair of winter. So it costs 5 and it destroys all allies. So that it literally has three words in its text box. Yes. Yeah. Destroy all allies. Now, Who would have thought that the beings from the burning hell worlds would have such a tough time with frost magic? Who'd have thunk it? Oh my goodness. Anyway, so that's a flavor text in case yeah. you couldn't tell, if you I never looked at text. it. So, like wife said, Despair of Winter is probably not what people jump to. They usually jump to Army, which we'll get to in a second. Now, personally, for a while, I've been thinking Army's too slow in Classic. It is, it is a little expensive. Um, Despair of Winter being one turn earlier helps. Um, a lot, but I, I mean, I like it. Don't get me wrong. Obviously this is going to be a completely different gameplay than trying to play army of the dead. Right. This is, this is a completely different deck build. Um, this is just, you know, you're getting overloaded with dudes on the other side. You can't deal with them. Well, tough. And even like the dudes on your own side. Okay. I don't care that much. Yeah. My issue with Army for a while, and my opinion's been kind of bounces back and forth. It depends on the matchup. It depends on, well, how we did that day. Maybe we just, wife ripped off five wins in a row, and I'm just like, you know what, the hell with this? I'm flinging the cardboard and flipping the table. But, flip uh, the table, I'll flip your face. <laughs> so I found that I was personally was leaning towards despair of winter because it that extra turn to play Army can be huge yeah. and like you could just be dead in that time so yeah, especially because there i would you say it's pretty fair to say there's a lot of really good four and five cost and six cost if you're going second allies that you just want done yeah before they have a chance to actually do anything exactly or even something as simple as okay i'm playing against tyrus my opponent has two demons and an unholy power on the board they need to go now. <laughs> like, I can't wait another turn to be like, oh, I'll get some ghouls. I I will be dead by yeah. then. Yeah. So, Holy power demons. Yeah. it's one of those things that as you're building a Death Knight deck, you need to really consider, okay, can I balance that extra turn? Because that's where army comes in. It's a balancing act of, you want to encourage your opponent to have a bunch of allies, not keep the board, board clean, and... That way you can reap the most benefit. Despair doesn't require that. Plus, a lot of people will assume you're playing army. So you may be able to catch them off guard, either by playing it a turn early, or if they're just clearing the board to try and minimize the number of allies you can get from army. So you're virtually gaining life, so to speak. Now, that being said, Army can still just turn a game around. It's like, oh, there's four guys on the board. Okay, I'll turn them in all into ghouls. Yeah, so let's let's talk about Army. Um, six cost, and like has been just said, you destroy all allies. For each ally you destroyed this way, you put a 3-3 three, three ghoul ally token into play. Yeah. Um, so that's fun. That's <laughs> It depends on which side of it you're on. Well, 
I, you know, I think it could be fun for every side, just watching the yeah. majesty that I'm, is... I'm sure getting my face chewed <laughs> off by ghouls is going to just be a blast. I, I think <laughs> it's going to be so much fun. Um, so the ghouls are 3-3. Three, three. They're fun. They look adorable. If you guys have the old tokens... They're... I've been trying to make new tokens. Like, I made Cairn tokens, like Pixel Art Torrent. I've been trying to make Pixel Art Ghouls, and, like, I don't know. I I love the classic Warcraft ghoul look. Yeah. And and every time I look at it, I still hear them in the game coming to attack me, and that's it's that brings back bad memories. <laughs> but other than that, uh, Army's just, it's... When it works, when your opponent, for some reason, isn't expecting it, um, it's super Or even if they are, they may not have an option. they might not be able to deal with it. There will certainly be times where your opponent goes, well, if you have it, I lose, and they just have to play into it, and they don't have, because of things like extract, because of, you know, your death charger chewing their guys alive, or frozen core disabling them, they may not have a choice. Yeah. And they just have to go for it, so... Army can definitely win games on its own. Now, one of the companion cards that's usually with Army that we don't have in our list currently is Scimitar of the Sirocco. So when you attack with it, your team gets ferocity until end of turn. Yeah. So if you can, on turn 7, swing, play Army, wipe the board, all those ghouls are really rabid, and they're going for your opponent's face. Yeah, it... I think I had that happen once, and I think they were dealing, like, 50-some damage, because I think I was playing, like, Murlocs. I'm sure. Something stupid like that with lots of little guys, and I was like, um, game? Mistakes were made. I'm going to say game. So, that is a thing, but to go along with what I was saying before about ARMY potentially being a little slow, I guess that is your win condition, but it requires two different cards, it requires a bunch of different things. I've... I've found the slots more effective to be assigned to other things, but it's something you have to respect. And, I mean, this is something that we haven't discussed too much, but if you're playing um, against a monster, how much does Ulthok cost? He's five, right? Yeah. So, turn five, they play Ulthok, and you're Death Knight. They're probably going to say Army of the Dead. (sighs) Probably going to make that go away. Maybe. It depends. I mean, there are a couple other things that we're going to get to that could yeah, be... Yeah, there are. But there's a good chance that there are ways to get rid of armies Which is also beforehand. really funny if you're playing Despair of Winter, because then it's <laughs> yeah. just like, whiff. Well, I don't care. So, point is, is that if you're playing against a Death Knight, you see a Scimitar, you need to play around army. Not that you shouldn't anyway, yeah. because they have multiple board clears. So you want to play around board clears, but... This could be a board clear that you don't get a chance to recover from because the game is immediately over. Yeah. So either way you go, Death Knight has got the, hey, I don't want anything on the table yeah. side of things covered. Murderize your face. Except when it comes to very specific allies. Yes. So we're going to talk about one of them. Now, we do have an alliance side that we want to go over, but let's talk about let's our talk about- favorite Warlock. Favorite? Is he our favorite? It depends on who's playing him. I, I hate this card. Um, even when I'm playing him, like, he's good. I still hate him um, because the amount of times I've had him play against me. But we're talking about Deathvere, the ma- the Malignant. So He's a jerk face. Yeah. Now, originally it was Triton the Sacrilegious. But now, honestly, if you're playing Horde, you're probably playing Ghoulmaster Kalisa. 
who is also an undead, which gives you access to Deathveer. Yeah. And Deathveer, he doesn't need a whole lot of words spoken about him, so we won't dwell too long on him. But bottom line is, he's he immune to your... Him. Yeah, he's immune to your own board clears. He also soaks damage. He's a has a huge body. Deathveer, we were actually talking about this before we started recording. So... The matchups that Death Knight struggles in are ones where you attack on an axis, and not necessarily literally attack, but you're attacking the deck on an axis that Death Knight is not prepared for. So, clearly, Death Knight's prepared for allies. Yeah. They do have cards that can deal with equipment, but if the main deck is geared towards dealing with allies, because the majority of decks have allies, and you're playing, say, Deathwish, they could be in a bad spot. Or, say, Vorix, who... To basically puts nothing on the table yeah. and just tries to go for the throat right away. So, Deathfear needs to shore up those sort of matchups, and some of the ones where you really struggle are the ones where he can't. Yes, Deathfear's still good against Vorix, obviously, but Vorix is one of those decks that is equipped to remove him because just about everything they do deals damage. Yeah. On top of the fact, removing. yeah, on top of the fact that you don't really have allies in that deck. But, in any case, like I said, <coughs> excuse me, don't want to dwell on Deathveer too much, because if you've seen Deathveer, you know what he does, and yeah. you remember him. I mean, you don't want to dwell on him, but then he haunts your dreams forever. That's true. So, what do you want to talk about next, wife? Um, well, I think let's, since we did a second for the Horde, let's uh, go to, um... An alliance version that we have. Okay. Um, you have. I don't know. I feel like he's our standard alliance ally. Well, before we dive into the actual allies, wife. So we yeah. we mentioned the horde hero. Let's talk a little bit about the talents because I found something interesting as we were building decks for this. The way the talents, at least for our stuff, is breaking down along faction lines. Yeah. And it kind of informs some of the ally decisions. So that's why I wanted to bring it up first. So, on the Horde side with Ghoulmaster Kalisa, her flip is pay to discard an ally, make a ghoul. Which, obviously, it's already Horde. You can pitch Brodericks. You can pitch excess Death Chargers. You can pitch whatever. But getting that 3-3 body guaranteed every turn two if you want it is super important. Especially if you play Corpse Explosion. Okay. Um, I just, I gotta say it. What? Corpse Explode! Okay. <laughs> I I was playing against someone who every time they played Corpse Explosion, I'm like Corpse Explode, um, now it's stuck in my head forever. Corpse Explode. Corpse Explode. A S P L O D. Yes. Explode. <laughs> explode. So Corpse Explosion is a three cost, unholy talent, and really it is. I mean, Gargoyle's really good, but this is probably the reason to be unholy. Yeah. So you remove an ally in a graveyard from the game. If you do. You deal four to your entire opponent's side of the board, shadow damage. Yeah. Now, there are ways for them to dodge it. There are ways for them to resist it. But really, especially in Classic, where every Horde deck is just about as running Broderick. Yeah. Or, Broderick. as we talked about in the Emic discussion and the Spider Solitaire discussion, what about, say, Anubarak? Yes. Kind Remove of a big Anubarak. deal. Which is anything that could come back from the graveyard and be terrifying. Now, the important thing is it's a if you do. So if your opponent has a way to remove that thing in response to you targeting it, it'll fizzle the explosion. Yeah. But that's few and far between. Obviously, you play around that. But as we were saying, 
you flip Ghoul Master, make a ghoul, feed your corpse explosion. Yeah. That's the key it's, thing. It's... Uh, um, this was... This past week has been some of my first time really playing this particular build that we have with Corpse Explosion, and it was... It was fun to play. Corpse Explosion is fun. It was, it was fun to play. Well, one of the, the things is, is because it deals your deals it to your entire opposing team, it also deals it to the the hero. Yeah. So you can finish someone off. Four damage is nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Like, Especially if you can, I don't know, maybe play a quest and have your death charger out and... Yeah, it's like, oh, suddenly seven damage out of hand. Yeah. Sort of thing. Now, granted, it's two cards, but whatever. Like, it's not an unreasonable scenario or you corpse explode, clear their board of protectors, swing in. Yeah. Sort of thing. There's a there's a lot of ways to end up causing your opponent to have a bad time with Corpse Explosion. And of course, as we discussed, with the aggressive decks in this format, it's important to have a board clear that's faster. That's the whole reason we were talking about Despair of Winter. It's mm-hmm. turn faster than Army. Well, Corpse Explosion is two turns faster than Despair. Yeah. Assuming <laughs> they don't have Aberration. I, I think making having it be turn three makes it so strong. Like. Yeah. Pretty much any, like, aggro deck can immediately feed into Corpse Explosion. Like, Bagmar Corpse Explosion, okay. Yeah. Um, even Tyrus Corpse Explosion, okay. Yeah, if you hit like, him before There's a chance holy. of having, like, three or four guys out, and it's just like, yeah, okay, I don't care. And going back to Death Knight's inability to draw cards, card advantage from the Corpse Explosion is super important. Yeah. Because if you get a three-for-one, you could be up on cards, and then... That way it'll catapult you into the later game where your super dangerous allies take over. Or, if your opponent tries to recover by then, oh, well, you swept the board, I'll dump the rest of my hand. And then they walk into army. Yeah. Or something like that. Like, it's super strong and a critical part of Unholy Death Knights. Now, on the other side, the other two talents... Well, do you want to talk about Frost real quick? Um, yeah. So, Frost is... Non-existent. Yeah. So, Frost the Talent... I actually had to go look up what the Frost Talents were, because I could only remember Frost Strike, and I remembered Hungering Cold was one, but I didn't know what it did, and, like, there's yeah. one other that I've already forgotten, and... <laughs> it's, I mean, like, some of the Frost abilities, like Despair Winter, are okay, but the Frost Talents are... They leave something to be desired. Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I really want to play the Scourge Death Knight hero, but he requires Frost Talent, and they're just not good. Yeah. Well, I'm sure there's a way to make them work, but compared to Corpse Explosion or or Blood Parasites, you're fighting an uphill battle. Yeah, they're... And along the same line, since we said these were breaking down along faction lines real quick, I really want Deathbringer Korush to work, the Ogre Death Knight. Oh, yeah. But... Of course you do. You give up a lot not being red or blue. Yeah. And just as an aside, everybody listening, we're not doing the uh, the Death Knight Shaman Duel Hero today. No, that'll be another day. Yeah. But... Soon. It's, uh, that is something else to keep in mind. So, we talked about Unholy, we <laughs> ran through Frost real quick. Why, why do we care about being a Blood Death Knight? Okay, so Blood Death Knights are fun because you get things like Blood Parasite. And I'm just going to explain Blood Parasite re- real quick. You put three 1-1 blood, term, blood Worm Monster Ally tokens into play. 
When a token ally you control is destroyed, it heals two damage from your hero. So, like, that in and of itself. Great. Except, what thing really likes tokens, husband? What well, thing could that possibly be? Well, don't get too excited, wife. Don't get ahead of ourselves. I mean, oh, we got a lot of... We got a lot, yeah, I know you're, you're getting super excited I to get there. I am so excited. So we tried what wife is super excited about in both red and blue. And it seems to be working out more in blue simply because of a specific quest that is locked into Worgen. Yes. And that's leader of the pack. So what we did on the Blood Death Knight side is went super token heavy. So, all the tokens everywhere. So, you got Magnes, obviously. It's the the blue cairn. You have Blood Parasite, which now, because it's any token, it doesn't have to be the worm tokens. All of your tokens heal your guys. Then there's Leader of the Pack, which is a Worgen-required quest. It costs six. You put four 1-1 Mastiff tokens to play that have ferocity. Yes, and they're, like, so, um, I love Mastiffs. They're adorable. (laughs) And they're as big as I am, but they're still adorable. <laughs> so that was another, like, me, like, one of the few times that I roll blue, I want that. I want that. Yeah. So you get, with Death Charger, now it's only five for essentially four direct damage split however you want. Yeah. Which is pretty cool and useful. On top of the fact that if you had led with Blood Parasites, so now each of those are healing you for two every time that they ping something. And when we're talking about things like Aberration or Lady Bancroft or other out-of-combat prevention effects, it's important to be able to deal that melee damage, again, going back to Extract, to whatever you need to. So you could clear the board. You could heal up some life. What else could you do when you have a whole bunch of tokens? You can turn into Deathwing. Easy. So Deathwing, give give everybody the description. So um, he's a master hero. He costs 60, but... 6-0. Six, 6-0, zero. Six, zero, yes. As an additional cost to play, destroy any number of cards you control. Tokens count as a card. Um, you pay 5 less to play Deathwing for each card destroyed this way. So you need 12 permanents. Yes. Assuming you don't pay with any regular resources. So something to keep in mind is you can exhaust regular resources and... Destroy and some. destroy things. Yes. So if you have 11 resources out, you could pay 5. Or if you have 12 resources out, you could pay 5 and then only destroy 11. Yeah. If you've felt so inclined. Yes. So, Most of the time, you're probably destroying 12 things. Right. So um, so you get like the three blood uh, blood worms. You get the, mass, the four mastiffs. That's 7 um, out of the 12 you need already. Yeah. And, you know, you might have... Even though I love him, you can make the Death Charger go away. You can make one of your extracts go away because he has 40 health. Whatever. Um, or, there, there's just, there's so, uh, I love Deathwing. It's super fun, and because you, so depending on the matchup, you maybe don't even turn into Deathwing. You just yeah. run them over with an army yeah. of tokens. Like, I mean, yeah, you can do that too. You can just have, oh, hey, I have many, many tokens. I was trying to stop myself from cursing, and I'm gonna, like, attack <laughs> your face. Whereas, uh, and you really... Staring you, contest. You. Me. I win. I bite your face. You win. I bite your face. We tie. I buy you a steak. And then I bite your face. And then I bite your face. Yeah, that <laughs> that is um, a very old meme that has been <laughs> in one of our uh, yeah been in a photo album for many years. So, but anyway... Enough rambling about 
biting faces, although it, it kind of applies to these yeah. tokens. So you could, depending on the matchup, some matchups you're going to row Deathwing because you don't actually want him. But yeah. because he's a master hero, very, very few cards can interrupt him. Yes. So one of the other weaknesses, as we d- alluded to earlier for Death Knights in general, is greedier decks. So a more controlling control deck than Death Knights will probably not have allies, or very few. Yeah. And when it plays them, they'll be super protected. And say they have interrupts. Well, they'll just interrupt. I mean, yeah, you could run Strangulate or whatever. But Death Knights have a problem playing that longer game than other long game decks. Because he's a master hero, you're probably not getting him. You're probably not interrupting him. He could come down super duper early. We're talking like turn five early. Yeah. I've seen him. I think we had one game where he came down as early as turn four. I don't remember that one would have been pretty wild, but um, but so just to like yes, Deathwing can attack for five and he has forty health. That's great. The best part about Deathwing is the fact that at the start of your turn, your opponent destroys two cards they control. Well, real quick, like if I don't know, you wiped their entire board with Despair of Winter or something then um, you're going to suddenly, like, they have to rebuild, and they don't have that money permanence out, so they're going to have to start destroying their resources. And then eventually, once you destroy all the resources, destroy your hero. Yes, your hero is technically a card you control, so if you run out of stuff, Deathwing eats you. Yeah, which, like, I mean, yes, there's... There's a chance that that's not going to happen, but like if you've stalled out and you have very few cards left in hand, it hurts. Yeah, Deathwing can close the game out. Now, that 40 health, while it seems imposing, can be whittled down. Yeah. So you have to be very careful, but that's the advantage of this is with Blood Parasite and all these tokens, if you sacrifice, you know, six tokens, heal a ton of life. Yeah, because remember, you're destroying them to turn into Deathwing, so you're healing. And then you immediately get to attack with Deathwing, so you eat one of their allies if it exists, otherwise you punch them. They're going to start to stay. It gives you that trump card in the control matchups. It gives you a gigantic heal, theoretically, if you're somehow up against it health-wise. Yeah. Or one of the things that we mentioned earlier was Army of the Dead. Well, if you have all these tokens, randomly converting all your 1-1 blood parasite tokens into 3-3 ghouls could close the game itself. Yeah. 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 It's it's fun. So one of the other things that I like about the Alliance version is we mentioned the weakness to Wondervolt. You could catch, <laughs> and now that we're giving the tech away, I guess every Wondervolt player will be prepared, but one of the cards from uh, Reign of Fire, and it's probably one that most people aren't familiar with, but it's a four-cost, two-three... Can I say his name? Sure. Goran Timewalker Lava Caller. So it's a dwarf shaman. <laughs> it's a dwarf shaman that when he enters play and when he is revealed from your deck, you may destroy target ability. Yeah. So one of the cool interesting things that I like about this deck is the important cards, well other than blood parasite are even cost, which is important for alliance because they have concerted efforts. Yes. Which is the horde ones for great honor. Concerted efforts is reveal the top 3, put a even cost card, two or higher, of those cards into your hand. Well, Deathwing, 60. That's even. Army of the Dead is 6. Death Charger, 2. Mikhail is 2. 
Gorin Lava Caller is four. So theoretically, if your opponent tries to go off with Wondervolt and they didn't Ritual of Power your quest, you could potentially reveal Gorin and instant speed destroy their Wondervolt. Yeah. Now, let's be real. The odds of all of those stars aligning are not very good. No, it's 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 the perfect world. But hey, sometimes the perfect world happens. Or even just something less, you know, <laughs> live in the dream. You can do that against Tyrus. Yeah. And on top of getting to pop the unholy power, you put him into your hands, so you can pop the next one. <laughs> so good. Which is super fun. It Yeah. It, it gives Death Knight a cuz on the Horde side, you're, as we talked about, probably playing Vuzdin, which means that you are very limited because Vuzdin has a giant bullseye on him for things like Hezriana or Spell Suppression or, yeah. you know, any of a million ways to destroy a 2-4. Yeah, just just please turn him off. Yeah, Goran does his thing, and then you don't care about him. Like, yes, yeah. he's a body, but like, whatever, he's not important. Yeah, it's just, you just want him to come out. Yeah, exactly. So, of course, on the Alliance side, to round that out, you also get access to things like Mikhail the Blunt and Ashnar the Frost Herald, who will let you control the board until you're ready to, you know, enact the rest of your game yeah. plan. Yeah. As, now, switching back to the Horde side, well, wife, tell us about some of the other allies that you get on the red side that are fun. Well, um, once you get over the jerkiest jerk face that is Deathbeer, <laughs> you have who has recently become one of my favorite characters in the MMO as well. Um, you have Nathanos. He was always like, really cool. Like, well, Nathanos just think, didn't take anything from anybody. <laughs> I don't think I ever, like, fully recognized who he was. He had some minor before. quest chains in yeah. Vanilla. I think, um, I, I, I think he might have sent you to one of the, like, 40, level 40 dungeons yeah. in that area. It's, like, by Stratholm and stuff. Yeah, but, um... So, the reason I say this is because I just watched him and um, Sylvanas have some, like, serious trash talk, and they were adorable, but that's a story for another day. So, Nathanos Blightcaller costs four. When he enters play, you put two, two, Blighthound, two, 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 Blighthound ally tokens into play with Protector. And um, as long as there's a Blighthound out, you cannot be destroyed. Well, this character... Nathanos, Nathanos can't, be can't be destroyed. It's a little different than your hero this not being able to be destroyed. Um, but, um, yeah, he's he's fun. Yeah, so Nathanos is an oldie but a goodie from the uh, Scourge Wars set, and he can definitely turn a game around himself. Another card that synergizes with Army of the Dead. Yeah. Because, okay, hey, I want to upgrade my Blighthounds, turn them into ghouls. Right? You got that option. So... He's another four drop. So we mentioned it a few times earlier, but Death Knights, once you get past the vulnerable stages of the early game, so if you're not in threat of immediate death, your allies take over the game. So you start dropping Death Fears, you start dropping Nathanos, you could hard cast Cairns, you could hard cast Thrall, War Chief of the Horde. Yeah, he's fun. So I had forgotten how much fun Thrall really is. Thrall is a 6-6 six, six for 6, which we're going to touch back on that in a moment. He's a protector. He has frost resistance, so he ignores Blizzard, by yeah. the way. Which, I, that has, I don't think that's ever come up for us, but it could. It could. So he also, when he enters play, you can put a horde card from your graveyard back into your hand. Now, it doesn't have to be an ally, but you're getting Death Fear, probably. 
or you're yeah. getting Nathanos. After your opponent probably struggled to remove them, you get them back. Yeah. It feeds into or addresses the issue of Death Knight card advantage problems. But theoretically, if there were, and since we're getting new cards, if yes. there were a Horde ability, for example, or a Horde equipment, which there are some already, you could get that back if there was something relevant to Death Knights. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, all your other Horde allies get plus two, plus two. Which is so good. Death Fear's a 6-7. <laughs> Nathanos is a 4-4. Four, four. Death Fear, like... Broderick's a 4-3. Death Fear with Thrall out, it just becomes freaking ridiculous. You probably just scoop at that point. Yeah. Like, what, what, like, what um, are you doing? There's no point staying in the game. Unless yeah. you're going to clean, you're another Death Knight, you're going to army or something. And even then, Death Fear stays. Yeah. So, Thrall is another, I guess, perennial favorite for Death Knights. One of the other ones that we're not currently running, and I don't know about this guy. A lot of people have a, uh, let's say, a sore spot for this guy. Okay. Uh, Mazukan. Yeah. So <laughs> Mazukan is a, yet another 6-6 six, six for 6. Yes. But he has ferocity, and when he bites it, he puts a 6-6 six, six token into play with ferocity. Yeah. So if you have Mazukan out, you could army, turn him into a ghoul, get a 6-6 six, six ferocity token, attack again. Now, at this point, I'm not honestly sure which is appropriate for the deck, or in general. Yeah. There's actually another Death Knight, Horde Death Knight build that I'm working on, but is not is not really ready to go over yet, because yeah. it's still in the we're super still, early concept stages. This is, like, that came from the fact that we're really playing Death Knight for the first, not the first time, but, like, most recently, and now the juices are flowing. Well, I mean, we've been testing it in our gauntlet for a yeah. long time, but this is... Is something had occurred to me that kind of fills a hole in what the deck was vulnerable to, but I don't know if it's going to be too clunky right now. I don't want to, yeah. you know... Story for another day. Yeah, I don't want to make this into a big mystery, because it may turn into a big nothing. But yeah. I'm kind of excited about where Death Knights are going, and well, are, and where they could be in the very near future. Yeah, they... They could be super fun. Yeah. I mean, I'm having a lot of fun playing them. Yeah. If you get... So if you show up to Gen Con with a Death Knight of any kind, it doesn't matter, you stand a good chance against the field. The issue is going to come down to, okay, can, do you know the deck and the matchups well enough, obviously? Like, are you playing it well? It's also going to come down to, do you get matchups that you want? Yeah. So... You obviously want to play against things with allies. You probably don't want to see Wondervolt. You don't really want to see Vorix. You don't want to see, you know, yeah. like any of those. De I mean, nope. we're actually testing a um, a solo paladin builder, mostly solo paladin, and it's ugly for the yeah. Death Knight. I mean, yes, you'll get stuff out of the board to deal with the weapons, to deal with whatever, but it's it, not looking it's, great. Yeah, it's rough. So, yeah, it definitely, on on the matchups where it's good, it's very, like, it's like the little girl with a little curl. When it's good, it's very, very good. And when what? it's bad, it's horrid. What? I don't know. My mom always used to say that to me when I was being bad. There was I a wonder. little girl that had a little curl right in the middle of her forehead. And when she was good, she was very, very good. But when she was bad, she was horrid. Wow. And I feel like that's that's an accurate 
that's an accurate thing for the Death Knights. When they're good, they're very, very good. And when they're bad, they're horrid. Well, they... So, I don't know... I wouldn't go so far as to say they're all 90-10 matchups. Yeah. They do have, as we said, Vork... Or, not Vork, uh, excuse me, Tyrus is... I think it's favored for Tyrus, but it's close enough that it's winnable. Yeah. I uh, I think it, Death Knight's beat up on werewolves. Uh, we talked about a bunch of the matchups that it's bad in, but Death Knight from the other side can feel oppressive. So if your opponent happens to land an early Death Charger and you don't remove it, which by the way, if your opponent plays a Death Charger, remove it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just put just it out there. Find a way. If if you can't or don't, and they happen to just you know string quests and locations. You're doing nothing, and they're going to continually advance their board. So like we said, the slow, inexorable march of death. They are going to get there. You need to do something to stop them. Yeah. And maybe that something is you just need to get there before they do. Because Death Knights, I mean, not to be a broken record, but they're not closing the game out typically early on. No. Now the game (laughs) technically may be over early on if they hit that early Death Charger. Yeah. But it's not officially over until, you know, turn things. 8, let's yeah. say. Now, you could build a, a much more late-game-oriented Death Knight. Say you play the Lich King, literally. Which would be really fun thematically, but we'll get there later. Well, okay, time out. Another, like, hot take moment. Why is the Lich King, not the Master Hero, the the air quotes regular hero the monster one from war of the ancients yeah it's the monster death knight yes i've heard this right before why is it not a scourge hero i i still don't have any it so bothers me he brings this up at least once a month i every I, time we talk about <laughs> every time we talk about arthas um or the as the lich king it, this gets brought up and yes he should be a scourge scourge out he's not it just suck it up. Cupcake. So it it bothers me because so they went to the effort to make Anubarak and the other Scourge allies from Reign of Fire Scourge. Yes. Now the Lich King technically came out two sets prior to that in War of the Ancients, but just put the word on there so you can build a monster, like a monster Scourge deck using the old Scourge allies. Yes, yes. technically. With the timelines and all the lore-wise, it doesn't make any sense, but I don't care. I want to play an actual monster Death Knight. Oh my god. Because right now, if you play Scourge, you don't have access to Commander Ulthok, for example. Yes. Like, I don't know if that matters, but maybe it does. Maybe that's the linchpin. Yeah. Deep breath. It, I can't Deep let breath. it go. No, you can't. Believe me, I, I know can't. I can't let it go. Anyway. So, <laughs> whoever's out there listening, Aratomy... A Lich King hero. Yeah, make him Scourge so I can stop listening to this rant. Okay, thanks. Don't worry, there's a bunch of other erratas that I want oh to correct. God. Those are other rants. Yeah, we don't so, have time for that. No, we're not going to go into that one. So to, so to close up, wife, final thoughts, Death Knights, what are you thinking? Are you playing it? And what other super secret tech are you going to give away? <laughs> um, I mean, you have my super secret tech. I like turning into a gigantic freaking dragon. Yeah. Um, with an iron jaw. Look, you you, f- you feel super badass if you turn into right? Deathwing. 
Like, it, I would love to turn into a dragon in real life, so, so I'd be okay with it. You know what the biggest flaw of Deathwing is? What? Trying to tell yourself, no, don't turn into the giant dragon. Yeah, no, I like, I, I, I will never be the person who's like, you know, I really shouldn't turn into dragon to the dragon in this matchup. No, I'm gonna turn into the dragon and I'll lose. I won't care. I will turn into the freaking dragon. But seriously, like, if you play the deck, there are times where you don't want to become the dragon. No, like, if I... you destroy your entire board and your opponent is not going to scoop them up, also immediately, yeah, you could be in a really bad spot when you suddenly. I literally have no board. No, and I know that, but dragon. I know it's still fun. Dragon. Now, um, and I mean, like, and also, I, like, we didn't really say this, but Death Knights look badass. Yeah. Like, I would say they are the most badass looking. Group. Like the artwork on Ghoulmaster Kalisa is baller. I want blue glowing eyes. God damn it! Like, I just want blue glowing eyes. I feel like you may have to take a step back and think about what you have to do to get those blue glowing Whatever. eyes. Whatever. Like, let's like, <laughs> let's be I reasonable. Be, I would be an excellent minion to the Scourge Lord. Well, they're not anymore. Depending on well. well We'll go there later, but I still want blue glowing eyes. So, yeah, Death Knights really do pack a punch. They definitely are a threat. You could definitely make, pick a faction, pick a type. Well, um, maybe not Frost, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> pick something Frost. else. <laughs> now now that I say that, I guarantee there's going to be a bunch of people going, no, here's my Frost deck. And yeah. I want to see, seriously, if you're out there and you, have, you a have a Frost, frost deck, deck that works, show us. Yeah, seriously, because I would love to. everything we try... It's just... I mean... It's sad. Like I said, there, I see some potential, but it feels like it needs one or two other support cards. But anyway, yeah. we could be here for another hour talking about that. So, anything else you want to talk, share on Death Knight's Wife? They look badass, and they can be badass. Yeah. That's all I got. So, there are a bunch of other cards we didn't talk about, like Edge so of Oblivion. Many. Yeah. But... How do we not... Anyway. Yeah. Like, there are so many there's ways... There are so many cards to talk about. It's kind of hard Knight. to go wrong... But if you want to have some fun and you're, if the people you're playing with are running a lot of allies, maybe you should bust out this play class. It's true. It is, it's a good way to wreck their day if yeah. they're playing lots of allies. Exactly. So, and become like the pariah of your play group. Maybe not. I don't maybe. Know. I don't know. So that's it for us. She's wife. I'm husband. And tune in next time for some more Random Thoughts. So for all other things Random Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.